Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back. We're going to welcome back second time on Coach Nate Allball, who is now head coach at Hayworth High School in Hayworth, Illinois, which I did not know that was a place. That's how bad. Yeah. Believe it. That's a place. That's um, that's the best way to get a job. If you get a, if you hear of an opening at a place no one's heard of, your odds of getting that job go up. I'm going to keep that in mind when I look for Because <laughs> there's small schools up here. I'm sure I could figure it out. There are, man. My first head job ever I got at a school, and I had to look it up on a map before I told my wife. I said, and I held up the computer, and I said, what about here? <laughs> she said, you can interview. That was Milford. <laughs> oh. Hey, you turned that place around. It's Well, we got lucky. We had a lot of good athletes right when I got there, and it turns out that helps you win games. Again, I'll never forget the one-point victory over us. I still hold that hold that to heart. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you what, we needed that too. Was that the one in the rain? Yes, that was the one in the rain. And I think you had a tackle or a nose tackle that was taller than me. I was 6'5", and you had some guy taller than me. And we just went yeah. at it the whole game. I'll never forget that. <laughs> we had our one big guy. I feel like you guys had about four or five of them, though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> D-line wise. I think I was the biggest sure, offensive sure. lineman. The D-line, we had yeah, yeah. stocky, like corn. Like you, I, I like to say I'm from the corn. Those guys were from the cornfield. Like, yeah, yeah. Bailing hay, just tossing it up and all that. I always have to bring up that Milford game because it's still – because we lost to Arthur that year by one point. We lost to Bismarck by one point. 
and then lost to Mil- you guys by one point. It was, and we were down to Bismarck. We were down 14 points with three minutes left and came back and lost mm. by one point still. Mm. Because, like I said, we beat Milford by like 40 the year before. So part of the team was like, we're yeah. just going to walk in there and blah, blah, blah. And then the rain came down and you guys were playing well. We weren't playing well. And I was like, yep, this is. Then we went to, that was my first overtime game ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was my first one I had ever coached in. And, uh, now every overtime game, is, I think overtime is just a thrill in itself. Like when you get to an overtime game, you have to just sit back and enjoy it mm-hmm. because it really is a unique, extreme high pressure situation in your life that you really can only get through coaching. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a really unique experience. You just got to enjoy it, man. I've lost some overtime games and won some, and I try hard to enjoy it because it is a a unique pressure on you that – I don't know. I always say is earned. Like you had to earn that spot in the in, under the pressure. Well, it wasn't just given to you. Especially in Illinois when you start at the ten yard line, so it's kind of like that's really high pressure. Yes, best way to do it. That was my first one. Then I had one as an OC at Charleston. Was my second one. We were. Did you up, win? We did. We were up by. We were actually up by like fourteen. They came back and tied it. We go to overtime. We stop them. And I'm sitting there as the OC, like, that's pressure. Like, being an OC, pressure, I'm young. I'm like, here we go. I call two run plays, and we get in. I was like, done. My fullback was 235 pounds. We ran the eye, and I was like, screw it. Gave it to yes. him. Next play. Steve, what are you going to call? Exact same play. And just go. Yes. <laughs> and got Best it. idea. Best idea in overtime. If you got a horse, let him carry it. Yeah, his dad was a D-line coach at Eastern. He was a whole bodybuilder, so he was exactly the same way. I said, I'm going to see how this works. First play, you got like six yards. I said, all right, again. Yeah, yeah. Go. Easy decision. Coming out of the mouth of the spread guy, we gave it to our fullback (laughs) to run into the end zone. I didn't know spread guys had fullbacks. Well, back then. (laughs) Back then. Back then, we were I team, quote, unquote. Okay, okay, yeah. I could. I can go in I formation. I could have gone spread, either one. Yeah. So, that I always remember, like, yeah, I used to run a fullback. Now I call them H-backs. Now I've flip-flopped, mm-hmm. and I do H-backs mm-hmm. or sniffers. Yes. Um, but yeah, I haven't talked to you in a long time. You were – I think you were at Unity the last time I talked mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so did did you already have a season under your belt at Hayworth, or is this your first year? Last year I took this job at Hayworth in, like, July 25th. Okay. So it was very, very late, um, but it was an incredible job. Somebody left this job last second, and uh, I wasn't even really qualified for it because I was athletic director. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew they were in need, and so I thought, I'm just going to interview. Anyway, everything went really well. They offered me a killer job as an athletic director and a football coach, and uh, I took it. There's my little one. And... Uh, <laughs> The rest is history. Now, very a program that has struggled for a long time. We only had 17 kids in the program a year ago, nine through 12. Yeah. So um, it's a tough job, but it's a great job. You know, I've just really enjoyed it. So anyway, I took it and uh, my son was in his senior year at Unity. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was hard for me to leave. But I knew this was the type of job I wanted to. It's good for the second half of my career. I can retire here. The timing's off by one year. So anyway, I missed all nine of my son's regular season games. 
And then um, the playoffs started, and I was at everything in the playoffs, and his his team went on to play in the state championship game. So mm-hmm. I was able to I was able to watch him play five times, and it was a blast. Yeah, some coaches sacrifice that, but I mean, you got to see him play, which is still cool. And you being a he's a coach or son of a coach, so he understands. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. but. But, he encouraged uh, me too. He did. He said, "Dad, this is what you do as a coach." He's like, "You got to take it." Right. He's like, "I know where we stand," you know. And um, he's a good kid, and he encouraged me to take it. And I'm glad that I did. It was tough to miss those games, but now it all seems like ancient history. You know, he's moving on to college, and I'm in a place I love, and uh, I got to see the kid play in five games and into the playoffs and into the state championship game. So. Um, it's all history now, but yeah, I ended up in a really good gig and trying to learn as an athletic director. And, um, it's interesting just because there's a lot that I'd like to do as a football coach that kind of almost putting the brakes on myself because I really want to, I want to try to build kind of a a full or help build. I want to be part of building a complete athletic culture at a school Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's a couple things I've had to slow myself down for football wise to just to make sure it's good for the whole school, you know? So it's a, a totally different perspective, but it's good for me. And uh, I think a lot of my life experiences have led to this to go, hey, this is, this is good. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's different, right? It's not like uh, football is all life. Um, which I think honestly is, is good for me to realize that football is just a smaller piece of a big uh, machine. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm trying to approach things much differently than I used to. And, um, it's been very good. I'm very thankful. So I'm thankful to be in the spot I'm in. My competitive juices still take over right Mm -hmm. at times where I'm just like, Oh, I just want to win right now. Right. We want to be dominant right now. But at the end of the day, when it, you know, when you're trying to sleep at night, it's like, all right, this is good. This is good. We're doing a good thing. We're pouring into a community. Mm -hmm. Uh, and ultimately, right. That's what it's all about. Right. Yeah, I didn't know your athletic director too. That's even more on your plate. No. Yeah, it's been great though. It's been great. It's a cool way to approach. I actually just picked up this book. Went to the Illinois Athletic Directors uh, Conference. Mm-hmm. Picked up this book called "Selling the Passion." I was just reading this here before we hopped on. Um, it's just good, you know. Like um, high school athletics bring a ton of people into a community, mm-hmm. and it's important to just be capitalizing on that marketing wise. And if you like put together a good, clear plan for it, you could really max maximize the amount of dollars that your athletic program can bring in. And, and the reality is uh, that your athletic programs in your school, honestly, are they can influence an entire community. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, you've watched it happen. We've watched it happen. All sports fans, football coaches have watched that when you let's say a football team gets it rolling has five straight years of incredible success. That that is more than just affecting the 40 kids on the football team. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That affects the entire culture of the entire community. Um, shoot, it'll affect house prices. Mm-hmm. So yes. this is real, man. So it's real. So the dollars should be real, too, you know? So I just, it's, it's been um, it's a cool new way to approach things. You know, I was an art teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, before I was an athletic director and I enjoy art, but it didn't, I wasn't excited about it. You know, this, this is a little bit more exciting, a little bit more engaging. And, and, uh, it's a cool next step in my, in my career as a, as an educator. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I was going to say being athletic director down there is way different than what I see ones up here because there's two in high schools. You got two of them which helps, but like we have so much more sports than what that's tough on you. I'm not saying that, but like up here, I'm, I'm used to down there, you know, like Oakwood and this, that you have one and you don't have all the, you have the, the main sports and build that community up. Then you're up here and you have to deal with kids moving to the high school right down the road. You've got to deal with this sports, this sports and this sport. Then on top of it, this sport. Uh, so that's a lot to deal with as an athletic director. But that's cool you're doing that because it gives you an old aspect of all sports, like an appreciation for all of them and what it brings and not just football. That's awesome. Um, you seem to be drawn to programs that have to be rebuilt a little bit. I've noticed Completely. that. Milford, <laughs> Milford yeah. Champaign, Judah Christian there for a short stint, now, now to Hayworth. Not saying it has to be totally rebuilt, but like you seem to be drawn to like you're going to rebuild something. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you're my old man laughs at me. And uh, it just is what it is. For whatever reason, I love. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. I'm going to look for a job. I love to go places that have never been able to do it, um, that have just struggled. And a lot of it is just because I have this feeling of, I really like, I like going somewhere. I like, I probably like the feeling of being needed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the world of high school athletics is the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at my time at when, you know, my kids went over to Tolono Unity. It was kind of a hiatus in my coaching career. I went over to help out. The, the head coach allowed me to be on staff as a volunteer and I helped out, you know, and I was one of no lie, eight highly qualified coaches. And I enjoyed it because I enjoyed being around my son and I enjoyed learning from a Hall of Fame coach mm-hmm. who's they're very successful. There's so much I enjoyed about that, but it paled in comparison as far as like personal experience mm-hmm. from the feeling of being where I am, being at Milford, being at Champaign Central, where they were starved for coaches that loved it, mm-hmm. right? And to kind of be one of those guys in an atmosphere where it's not common to have people around that love it, that are pouring into it, you know, um, just personally, I love that feeling of, of being somewhere that, that I know without me, maybe doesn't have somebody really pouring into them. Right. So I think ultimately it's probably a really selfish thing because I really just am like seeking that, that, that good, good feel, warm feeling of, I know I'm pouring into some kids that haven't had that. Um, so it's probably ultimately really selfish, but you're right. I have always loved taking three new, four new jobs now. And between the four, I think they won a total of two games the year before I got there. Mm, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> maybe three, maybe three, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe there's three. <laughs> maybe there's three. Yeah. Maybe three wins. <clears throat> <laughs> But I mean, you can call it selfish if you want, but it's also motivational too. So like you're you're if it motivates you to do that and that's what it feels like and you're doing the right thing, who really cares if you're doing the right thing and it motivates you? I mean, you can call it selfish if you want, but it's like, you know what? I'm motivated, let's go. Um you're building it up, putting your fingerprints on it. I mean, <clears throat> I tell people we coach for the kids, but we also coach selfishly for ourselves because we enjoy yes. it. Like if I didn't enjoy coaching even baseball, like I enjoyed, I had a blast, but if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't go back. I'd be like, Nope. I, I love the kids. I love being around those baseball coaches, but if I didn't like it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know? And and for money, you know, money was part of it. We all have to live, but yeah. and I'm not going to coach football and do all this time. If I don't enjoy it, I have to be motivated. I have to go. So, I mean, if, if that's selfish, I mean, that might be selfish. Like, yeah, I'm coaching because I enjoy X's and O's. I coach because I love football and I enjoy the kids, but if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't go. I would find a different way to impact, but I wouldn't do that. So, mm-hmm. but with you taking over so many things, I've talked to these college, like this morning, I was, I, I, for some reason, I'm on a big culture kick this, this July, for some reason. I don't know why I'm just on a big, because for our football program, we're trying to rebuild it. Like I, one successful thing we have going for us, we have 30 freshmen out, I think right now signed up, which is awesome. It's yes. more than what they've had, but we're gonna have four seniors, which is a struggle. And so we're all figuring out how do we get kids out. Um, so I'm being on a culture kick. You've been on different things. So you took over this. I'm starting to call it you're putting your culture in. You're not rebuilding it. You're just putting yours in. So when mm. you took over, what was, you know, you've had experience. What was some of the first things you said, this is what we're going to do first? Before X's and O's. Like we have, you got it late though too. So you have to do X's and O's. But how do we start putting my fingerprints on this of culture to get kids out? Because you talked about the problems, keeping them you know, having fun and all that, what would be like your first thing you were going to do when you got there? So I think that, and something I've talked to a lot of coaches about is 
honestly, and this goes for all things in life, not just coaching, but you know, you get good at what you emphasize, right? Right. That's whatever is important to you and that you emphasize and talk about the most regularly. Those are the things, generally speaking, you'll get good at. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's important when you take over a new job, at least I think personally, it's important to, to not make it sound like some sort of big change is needed. Right. Right. Because I, I feel like it's kind of insulting to the guy that worked before you. I think the, the odds are that the guy before you did a ton of good things. So just be careful about your language and say, hey, what's what's important to us? Mm-hmm. What's you know, so when I took over the program, um, again, being 17 kids, grades nine through 12, what's going to be important to us? Well, after watching film of the previous year, uh, you know, was, there's a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad snaps, a lot of um, broken plays. And so the priorities just became, number one, we have to grow in numbers. Mm-hmm. So from 17, we have to go up. We have to. Now, how do you do that, right? It's, so I kind of thought in terms of basic sales, like, all right, if you're not selling enough product, you have to do two things. You have to market your product better. And number two, you might need to lower the price. Mm-hmm. So I had to consider lowering the price, which is like less is being asked of you. Right. So I have always been a proponent of practicing on Saturdays, but I stopped only for the reason of I have to lower the price. I've always been a proponent of practicing long on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Mm -hmm. but I shortened it only for the purpose of lowering the price. I shortened Mondays. I shortened Thursdays. I hate shortening it, Mm -hmm. but I'm at a school with 17 kids on the team. Like I have to sell this product. I I have to lower the price. So that's some, some, that was kind of like priority number one. And then priority number two is, is what are some things that are important to us, like on the field? And it really just came down to, to two things. Number one is effort overall. Like we're going to value effort, right? So that the get off, um, finishing things, right? So you, if you were to watch our practice, it would be a lot of, um, we value full sprints, right? And anytime it's not a full, anything is not full, complete effort. Right, you'll see a coach give you one of these, mm-hmm. which is really in wrestling the two takedown signal. But in our program, means hey, you owe us two up downs. It's just like a small little piece of accountability. Right, it says hey, we're sticklers <clears throat> about this. You owe two, right? So the other thing we do offensively is we, we're like, listen, we we have to protect the ball. Like mm-hmm. we can't turn it over. We can't have bad snaps. So that ball, we carry it one inch from our chin. I, we don't care how much it's going to slow us down. And if you don't do it in practice, anytime you get caught without that ball, one inch from your chin, this too, right? So that's just kind of consistent. And, you know, we still only won one game last year, but there were fewer games where we were getting beat by 40 than the year before. And I think, you know, you got to, it's like, you can't just go from bad to good. Right. Sometimes when you're really bad, you got about like seven or eight layers of bad to get through. <laughs> so right. I feel like we progressed through layers of bad. And we're getting a lot closer to being a, a, an average football team. And while it is hard sometimes to tell yourself that because mm-hmm. you you just look and you're like, we only won one game, we suck, right? You mm-hmm. ca- it's hard. You want to be hard on yourself. I think it's important to see what you've done. It's like, no, no, no we're we're getting really close to being an average football team. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that because it's hard work to go from really bad to average. Yeah. That was really hard work. We worked our tails off to get to where we are, which is coming up on being an average team. Um, and I think that you got to be able to say those things with confidence and, and, and 
know 100% that what you've accomplished and becoming and getting close to being an average team mm-hmm. is commendable. And that's where we are, man. We protect the football. We play really, really hard. We milk the clock like nobody's business, man. I mean, we do not snap that ball until it's like five seconds to go on the play clock. We're trying to slow this game down because um, we have almost nobody to put out there. Right. So we want the game to be over at halftime, but man, we're just trying to we're trying to save a program, right? Mm-hmm. So those are our priorities right now. And then beyond that, man, it's like so for us is we never draw a line in the sand with kids. It's like it's, we're just gonna pour love on them mm-hmm. and keep inviting them back. Keep inviting them back. I always tell my guys, I'm like, I got a really pretty wife. And it's only because I was willing to ask really pretty girls to go out with me. And I got told no a lot. (laughs) But eventually, one pretty girl said yes. Right? Um, And so I tell the kids that all the time in the hallway. They're always telling me, oh, so-and-so is not going to play. So-and-so is not going to play. I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's what they always say. Mm -hmm. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep inviting. Keep offering rides. I keep inviting. Um, so that's it, man. It's like this just constant, never-ending pouring. Mm-hmm. I think I tweeted something about that about a year ago or when I first got the job. Like, I really think coaching is like pouring into a cup you know can't ever fill up. And you just yeah. keep doing it. You just keep doing it. It's like when you really look at it, it makes no sense that's logically. True. That's true. But to be good at it, you just keep pouring into this cup that you know can't fill. Yeah. Yeah, we're – we're, we're going through something similar. Like, we have minibuses, and so guess what? When kids say they don't have rides, we go, hold on. We get on the minibus, we go pick them up. We literally drive out to pick them up and bring them here. Now you don't have an excuse, but, like, we keep talking to them. We keep asking them. We keep whatever, and we're trying to do the same. But now now we got some. I mean, I think, I want to say 60 or 70 total right now, which school of 2000 doesn't sound good. But for us, it was like, it's, it's getting there. It was better than last year. Yeah, but now we gotta keep them. That's that's been the yes. key. Like we have a kid already. We have a kid already. That's too hot. <laughs> okay, but we're not like freaking out on him. We're just like, well, how can we help you? Like, yeah. Do do, do you want me to dump cold water on you? Like, I I don't know what to do. Like, how do we keep you here? And then, like, I don't know if I talked to you about our season last year. It was the toughest season I've been a part of injury wise. First game, we had four kids get knocked out. Quarterback got his jaw broken first, like, second quarter. We played five quarterbacks. And two of those are wide receivers. Like, you don't have that many quarterbacks. Two of them are wide receivers. So, it was just so tough. And, like, then we almost drew a line in the sand of we're not going to play sophomores on varsity. Like, that's the point we got to. We were like, we can't do it. Then we looked at it, and I said, but we got five or four seniors this year. We're going to have to play sophomores. Yeah. So, we're just – that's my little rant. But, like, that's where we're at. Um that's why I'm a big culture. I don't even know if culture is even the right word of like keeping kids and doing this, but like one cool thing we got to do was last week go to a seven on seven lineman tournament that the Bears run. And we did it at Fenton High School. So Chicago Bears run it. So there's lineman challenges, there's seven on seven. That's an incentive for next year because we're going to do it again. We might host Lance Brake's um, kid camp next year at our high school. That's an incentive. So we're trying to find incentives because kids need incentives. We're trying to have like competition Wednesday so they earn points to do stuff. Give them T-shirts. We have Gatorade protein bars now, which is huge. You, you should see after weightlifting the amount of line, the long line. They're like, where's our protein bars? Like that's an incentive. They show up. Yeah. Um, and some coaches think that's not a good thing. But like incentive is what we're at now. Like mm-hmm. maybe when we all played, we just showed up. We're just like, yeah, we'll show up. 
not anymore. They have to have a reason. And I don't know if that means we're soft, but that's just kind of where we're going with it. Like you said, you're, you're changing your thing. And some people say, well, that's soft. Like you don't change. No, you have to cater to what the kids do nowadays. If that makes sense. Like what they do, we have to cater to a little bit. We can't always do what we did. Like yeah. last summer, we were practicing at eight in the morning. This year, it's nine in the morning. We compromised. They said it was too early. Okay, mm -hmm. we'll go at nine then. But now guess what they're complaining about? We're done at 12. Well, it's <laughs> lunchtime, coach. We're like, it's well, now we're like, well. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I learned from being at Unity was this consistency in your program. And he's he's been there for 25 years. You know, they just two years ago, they had their playoff streak broken. It was at like 23 years in a row and mm -hmm. just got broken. You know, it wasn't very, it was a very short lived uh, downtime for them as they just played in the state championship game last year. You know, right. so yeah. an incredible program, one of the best um, smaller schools programs in Illinois. And that's one thing I learned there was the, the amount of consistency mm -hmm. uh, from the summer plan, the summer program. It was literally just every year, the same, 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 same. And that and that, that word same could almost be applied to everything from where coaches sit at special events to the way we practice to the songs that play pregame and postgame. Literally, you take that word same and it applies to almost everything in their program. And I learned that at Unity. And I think that that kind of has been a mantra for me taken into this new program was I have to create some things that become same mm -hmm. that the kids know. They know what to expect. Right. That's one of the powers and the, one of the great things about football is that you get a predictable week out of it. You got a game on Friday. You know what Monday looks like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And for a lot of kids, that you know, that predictability in their life is welcomed. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they did same better than any program I've ever seen. And I mean, all the way down to same position, right? It's like. If you were a stud outside linebacker as a junior and you hit some big growth spurt and you clearly look like you should be playing Mike linebacker at their program, you're not moving. Mm. It's same. You're staying here because this is where you are. And as you, if you ask their head coach again, hall of fame coach, how are you not going to move him in? He said, listen, we're going to be great here this year. It just is where it is, but it is mm. right. We're going to have a younger kid here at Mike that you would say technically should always be your best. Well, for us this year, this is our best. He's our best kid. He plays this position. It's what he does because we believe in saying um, I learned that there. And I think that that, that I felt like, like when I first got there, it didn't make sense to me. But right. by the time I left two years later, I thought, how do you doubt this? How do you dispute this? Right. Just based on results. How do I dispute this? Because that's the one recurring theme I'm seeing in this program it was there's nothing special schematically, offensively, or defensively, nothing. I, honestly, I think if you looked at them all, schematically you'd go that's it mm -hmm. you know i mean it's it's sound right a hundred percent sound very sound coach it really well nothing special uh but they just continue to win they go like nine and oh every year so how are they doing it and that's what i keep thinking it's same so it's like what are we going to create that's same for our kids and they know what to expect and then over time your core you start with a core and it grows and that's what i'm noticing the difference between these programs right the difference between hayworth illinois and Unity, Illinois, let's say you're not from Illinois, you've never heard of any of those schools. You, there's between Hayworth, which hasn't had won 10 games in 40 years, and Unity, who wins 10 games almost every year. Right? What's the difference? 
was the the number of kids in their core because ultimately the kids are the same at both Mm -hmm. and you both got kids that absolutely love and are poured in but my poured in bought in core it's at about seven right now Mm -hmm. the poured in bought in core at unity it's about 30 to Mm -hmm. 35 and it's about how big is your core, right? And I really think that when your core doesn't change, you don't change those – that head coach doesn't change, right? Your staff doesn't change a lot. What's expected is not changing all the time. I think that's when a core can grow, right? And I think right. you got to celebrate that. Like, man, I celebrate. We went from seven to nine. <laughs> we got to celebrate all those little victories. All right, I've talked for a long time. I'll shut up for a minute. <laughs> no, it's a – it's a podcast. The guest has to talk. It's not about me. It's about you guys. You guys are all big time. Every guest is big time. I'm just oh, here yeah, to – yeah. I'm the big time. Hayworth, Illinois. <laughs> Look us up. I had to. I was like, where's Hayworth? Because I've heard of it. I just didn't know where it was. Like, that's my yeah. problem. Because I'm, I'm yep. too busy. My brain is like a garage. You got boxes. You put them away. Up here in the suburbs, I had to learn where things are in the suburbs. So I'm replacing boxes. And like, right. if I ever visit home, which is like twice a month or twice a year, I have to remember even where to go sometimes. Like if I drive to Danville <laughs> or Champaign, I'm like, wait, where? Oh, yeah. Where am I? Especially the construction champagne is stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah, I had to look it up. Um, but I never thought of just same all the time. I mean, like, But they win. That makes sense. They just win on all repeat. the time. Unity to just... On repeat. Sometimes you can't even figure out why they're winning. No. Um, and they, But they just keep winning. You know, I watched my son's team last year, and I show up to that playoff game. And, you know, it was literally ran nothing but power and counter and a quick perimeter screen, Mm -hmm. three things. You know, they kick butt, next team in, kick their butt. Next team in, supposed to whip them, kick their butt. And they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing special, right? My son's the middle linebacker. I'm asking, what's your key? What are you doing? I watch him the entire game, right? Because that's what you do as a dad. You watch your boy and you're excited for him. It's just the same. It's the same darn thing every day, every every single game. Every (laughs) Right. Yeah, no special blitzes. It's just like they blitz once or twice a drive and they just bring six. It's not, it's just go. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you when I, after two years there, I was just sold. I'm like, it is about sameness, man. And they just, and they got a staff that's been together forever. Right. I think the Same. biggest, the biggest change he probably ever did was just being under center to pistol. That was probably the biggest change they yep. ever done. Yeah. Which he did like what, maybe some 10 years ago. Cause I went and watched their playoff game in high school. And they lost by like a point or two. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, I think the next year I saw them again. And they were in like, or maybe I was after high school. I got out of high school maybe, <laughs> and they went to pistol. And people, I remember coaches talked about like, oh my God, they're in pistol. I'm like, I think that's the only change they did guys though. I think they just stepped them back four yards. Like that's the only thing they did different. Everything's still the same. Yep. And I'll never forget they lost and the town was so mad. I felt so bad for coach. For coach, they were throwing stuff to the coach and staff, and I was just like, I was a junior in high school or something. I was like, we got to go because these fans are mad, and I cannot for the life of me remember who they lost to. But that's here or there. I just went and watched them because they ran option stuff, and coach Darren was yeah. like, yeah, go watch Unity. They're the best at it. Go watch what they do. And we went and watched, and, and then they went to Pistol, and it's just this groundbreaking thing of like, oh my god, they're a Pistol team now, and I'm like that. They still run all their stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, you may not see this, but we're seeing this. Is this damn specializing in sports. That's been, I saw it in Charleston a little bit. 
and then I came up here, and it's almost even more. And at Addison, that's what we're fighting is big time of we're not going to play football. We're going to specialize in baseball. We're going to specialize in basketball. We lost two or three kids to say we are just going to play basketball. And I don't know if you're battling that at your school because it's a smaller school, but your time at Champaign Central and this and that, did you ever start to see that? Like we're going to just specialize in one. And the problems with that, I don't know if you've seen it down there as much as we have or not. Yes, we've seen it tons. But in my opinion, and this is one thing that has changed in my perspective, all we can do as coaches is try to remind ourselves of our role. And our role, your role, serve Addison Trails School District. Mm -hmm. It's to serve, right? Like we're in service industry. My role is to serve Hayworth. Mm -hmm. And I got a million kids that it just crushes my heart. And that's the hard thing because you pour yourself into it and you love it so much. And you know that with these three kids that are refusing to play, your whole program would change. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone, at least in Illinois, I don't know other states. Everyone's in the same boat. Kids are specializing. It's easy to specialize. Parents, it's as much on the parents as it is the kids. Um, but it is what it is. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we've got to create, and this I've just been big on this lately. We've got to make sure that we can do this for a long time. Cause like before you and I started recording, you were saying how you, it got, it took you guys forever to fill your coaching staff, mm-hmm. right? Coaches are hard to find. If you look online, right. You and I are on Twitter a lot. You're going to see a lot of guys. You're going to hear about guys that are getting out of it. Mm-hmm. They're getting out. Maybe you get out because your kids are little. Maybe you get out. Who knows why? And I think that we need to actively battle against reasons to get out mm-hmm. and and how to stay in. And one of the things that battles against reasons to get out, when we sit and talk about why kids aren't playing, it bums me and you out. Right. So I ain't talking about it. <laughs> Let's talk about those kids that are playing. Uh, we're going to pour into those kids. And you know what? You got them. I got them. And my enemies have them. They all got kids in their school that are sitting out. So every time I sit about and think about my kids that are sitting out, because I got them and it crushes my soul. I'm just like, you know what? The dude I'm playing first, they got two dudes that ain't playing for them either. So it is what it is. I'm just here because I want to do this for a long time. So I'm 65. And if I sit around and think about those kids that won't play, it makes me want to only coach till I'm 45, which is one year away. So I want to coach till I'm 65. So let's go next question. <laughs> that was the most professional answer I've ever heard in my life. Good. Good. Probably because I went on a big rant with a coach this morning. And we talked about it. But his perspective is different because he's a college coach. So their perspective is different. It so, is. It is different. Yeah. Totally different. So that was a professional answer. Now, when we stop recording, you can tell me your real answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. I want to coach till I'm old. And the only way I can coach till I'm old is to think about the reasons I love coaching. No, it's true. Like, this is the first year where kids were like, well, I'm, I'm going to specialize. And instead of me actually getting mad, I said, oh, cool. What's the sport you're going to play? Baseball. Cool. How's your travel season going? Because I will see them when I'm walking around outside. I'll see them when I walk in the hallway. Kids told us we're going to play football back in January. Now, when I saw them, I didn't ignore them. I said, hey, so-and-so, how's it going? Like, how's how's whatever sport they're in at that time going? I think that's different. I mean, when I was younger, 
I might be like, you're dead to me. Like, I don't, you're not playing the sport I coach. Now, yeah. the older I've gotten, it's, no. I feel, it's more like I want you to do multiple sports, so I get more mad about that. Not just football, but it's like, I want you to do multiple because it helps you get yeah. recruited. But they don't understand that. That's their decision. That's their parents' decision. Move on. Head freshman basketball coach this year for me in the summer. I went up and I told kids, hey, if this is the only sport you play, come talk to me. I want to promote other things in the school. If you choose not to, whatever. And so some kids said, oh, you want us to play football? And I said, honestly, yes, I do because I'm biased. I said, but if you want to go play volleyball, like boys volleyball, I'll point you in the right direction. You want to play baseball, I'll point you in the right direction. You want to wrestle? Cool. Let's. And you choose not to play basketball anymore? You're like... I don't, I don't like basketball anymore. I will point you in the right direction. Some coaches out there don't do that. You know, they're, they're all about what they do. They don't care. And you being an athletic director might see that. Like, nope, we have to get all sports on the same page. Like you said, when all sports are going well, like Neuqua Valley basketball, where I coached at, every sport except for like two or three won regionals this year. Every one of them. And that school is just buzzing right now. Mm-hmm. Just buzzing. And it's Naperville's huge. It has three high schools in it. But like that school is buzzing. So it does a lot. So your professional answer was perfect, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> glad. I'm glad I could have had a per- perfect that's a l- answer. That's a little nugget, though. Young coaches could hear that and say, that's true. Why am I like getting all mad? Because I did when I was at Charleston. I got mad. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And then I lived that. And then up here now, I'm like, one, I don't have time to get mad about that. Like, no time. Two, they're still playing a sport for the school. So, you know. But, yeah, when I was in Charleston, man, don't get me started. Career coaches, man. That's what I'm all about right now, career coaches. If you're going – whatever your job is right now is football. If you couldn't do that with little kids in your house, then I think you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. You're not setting yourself up for success. I really believe that the best thing for a school is a coach that stays for 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if every coach in America has to stop when their kids are little, how many of us will have coaches at all? You know what I mean? So we've got to all set up systems that work when we got little kids Mm -hmm. because we're all going to have little kids at some point. So our systems need to be set up so it works with little kids. Because if you don't set it up for it to work with little kids, great. You might have your one great year, your two great years, but you're not going to change a community like that. Right. That's, That's my opinion. My next step in my ventures is how to keep coaches coaching, and I don't know how. I can't control that, but it just stinks because, like I said, we lost four or five. They moved on due to whatever reason, and then you would. it used to be, and you know this probably better than me, you used to probably be able to replace a little bit. Like, didn't take as long to replace them. Now it's you can't find anybody. I have friends up here still that call me, and they say, hey, do you know any coaches to come coach here? I'm like, no, I really don't. I don't know anybody because either they're not in education which to me doesn't matter if they could coach they can coach if they can be there by two or three o'clock doesn't matter doesn't mm. matter but i said i don't know about education i don't know anybody that's actually coaching or they want to be paid and we all know how that works mm-hmm. you can't pay everybody so i know some schools my buddy just got a defense coordinator job two weeks ago they hired a new coach late he got a defense mm. coordinator job just him those two right now in a school of two thousand kids just them. Wow. Just two guys. Now that now they've he's talking about three guys they'll bring on, but they're in that spot too of like they can't find anybody. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's a struggle. I don't know. You can figure that out for me. You help me figure out how to keep coaches in it, and we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know how, but we'll figure it out. That's my next. Uh, mention. There, there is no one solution, man. It, and I think that's that's something where you need people around, and that's something that I feel responsible for. We all need to be advocating, or every community needs advocates for the coaches, right? And so sometimes there are things that might happen in my school that I'm like really, I would let slide. I'm not going to worry about it. But then I sit back and I think, man, I'm the athletic director. If I don't advocate for our coaches in this spot, who's going to, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's going to. So sometimes I catch myself asking for things I wouldn't have asked for. One of those things this summer was making sure that our coaches are getting paid over the summer right. um, in the weight room for weight room supervision. And I normally, as if I would have just come in as a head football coach, I wouldn't ask at all. I wouldn't care. I'm going to be there. This is what I do. Right. But I'm like, I got to get our whole school, all of our coaches bought in in the weight room. And I need to make sure they're paid. I need to make sure they're paid, not because I want to, I only for the one reason that I want them to stay for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's just easier to stay for a long time when it makes sense financially. And I don't think there's any shame in that. It is what it is. We do what makes sense and what makes sense for us, for us to keep doing something while our kids are small sport to make sense financially. So one of my big pushes around my school in the world of education, as I kind of get deeper into the world of being an athletic director, I mean, I'm going to continue to advocate for coaching stipends being larger, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to continue. I feel my role to push it. Mm-hmm. And I want to push it because just what I said earlier, it's basic supply and demand. Right. If you don't have enough, it means it doesn't pay enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So we, we need to pay more or we need to ask less for the same job. Right. So we got to figure out where we land in that. And if we're struggling to find coaches, it means we're not paying enough or we're asking too much of them. Um, so we got to navigate that. It's not an easy solution in any way, shape, or form because the whole world, our whole nation is losing their minds over youth sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just going to be interesting. I think 50 years from now, um, probably let's say 30 years from now and I'm on my deathbed, I think everything's looks even might even be unrecognizable from where I was here. I am in my mid forties, right? Like, I really think that things will keep changing and changing quickly because of how much we love athletics. It is what Mm -hmm. it is. We love athletics as Americans. So if we love athletics, I just don't think there's any shame in going out and paying yourself a staff of professional coaches that that they're the best money can buy. What's it going to do? It's going to change your whole community. That's what it's going to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to change your whole community. Your test scores will go up. Everything will go up. Go out and hire yourself the best staff in your conference. What happens? You know, I could I could complete that sentence, but I think everybody knows what happens. Yeah. Go get the best coaches and watch what happens to your community. Right. Hey, you're just dropping wisdom left and right today. I'm so hey, glad you hopped I'm, up. I'm glad I could help. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> you're just dropping nuggets and this wisdom that maybe you never had before. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> or, like, because for me, I don't know if you did this with your – with, with the clinics you did, I almost football overdosed one time. Like just, and what I mean by that is I had too much information coming at me. Coaches have so many great things and I was writing them down and I was going back and listening. And then I was like, I had to stop looking at football and stop podcasting for a little because I was like, I have overdosed because I don't know what to do. 
then I almost want to take everything you guys tell me and put it together. I'm like, you can't. You cannot take everything everybody tells you to do and put it into into what you're doing. Yeah. You you can tweak it and make it how you want, <clears throat> but you ultimately cannot. An example, this coach this morning, he told me how he told his uncovered, uncovered rules and inside zone. He uses red, yellow, green. You're like green means you're blocking them. Yellow means you got to hold on a second. Red means linebacker's coming. And I said, I wish I would have talked to you two months ago because I would have used that. Like, that's my problem. That is my yeah. problem. I hear something good, I want to use it. And then I'll go to the head coach and present. He goes, Steve, you can't use all of this. Like, mm-hmm. you have to take a step back. And I'm like, true. Like, <laughs> no, you're just dropping wisdom left and right. Now, don't tell me you ran wing T this year, coach. Come on. Well, first of all, <laughs> you know me. And you know my priorities, right? I think it's the same for everybody. What do you value? <laughs> I just had to stir the pot. I had to stir it a little bit. I value (laughs) minimizing mistakes. I value that. And I value effort overall. So I do not care your hand placement. What I care is, are you giving 100%? So, like, I we value and we will reward. If you're falling over while blocking, we'll value it. Right. I had a defensive coach say, well, you just come at me with your shoulder and he was new to my staff is like i'll just get out of the way and move you i said i said dude if you take a step back as a d lineman that how how could i what more could i ask for if you take if you take a step back what more could i want as an offensive coach so anyway yeah we're a wing t style team um we went double tight double wing a year ago oh. only because i knew Again, 17 kids in the program. Yeah. We weren't even ready for wing T, in my opinion. I mean, it was double tight, double wing, foot-to-foot splits, minimize mistakes. Uh, you know, we were 1-18, but did you know we put the ball on the ground two times all year? Wow. Wow. Right? Right? See? Well, I'm proud of that. We work that's, our tails off at that. That's good. You're not giving them the ball back. That's positive. It's like, hey, we exactly. had the ball. We just have to finish it now. We worked hard at that, man. Right. Like, we're, we're so – we know what we value. We um, are excited about what we value, and we just try to stick with it, right? And I, th- I got that from Roger Vandezan out of Missouri. He's a retired coach now. He's a double tight, double wing guy. But the word that he used was majors. He's like, major in your majors. Mm-hmm. And that always stuck with me. It's like, dude, I got to know what I major in, right? So if you came and said, if somebody came to your practice, what do you value? What, what are those three things that are clearly more important to your program than the other things, right? Because those are the things that you've got to focus on. You're going to have to give something up mm-hmm. in order to focus on those majors, right? So right. what are your majors? Now, for our program right now and for the future, because I'm in a small school, we've got one clear feeder. We've got one clear school district. Mm-hmm. I decided to go to the gun. So we are officially in the <laughs> gun now for the first time in my career. <laughs> Um, I would not call it gunwing tea. I don't really consider us spread, but I am happy that my town thinks we're spread. Yes. I'm happy that they think we are. Um, but it, I guess what the best way I can explain it is it is the same way that I know how to attack, which is through wing T says has been 10 years of studying it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but we're in the gun. Right. So, um, it's, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if you can attack off tackle, outside, and something up up the gut, 
and you can attack the perimeter and attack vertical, ultimately you're fine. I think your offense is great. Get good at it. Uh, our offense can do those things. So technically it should be fine, right? And on years where we got super studs everywhere, we're going to be really good. And on years where we don't, we're going to try to protect the football and uh, be average. Yeah, you're not a spread team. You're just a team that lines up in shock. I had a exactly. I talked to the old offense coordinator at St. Xavier <laughs> University up here, and we were talking. He's true spread, air raid, throw the ball. Yeah. And then one time I said, yeah, we are. And then sometimes we have a hand down tight end, and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're no longer spread. <laughs> and I said, why? And he goes, because you're now adding an extra gap. You're no longer fully spreading them out. So I was like, so we're technically – so that caused a whole riff of conversations I had with coaches. What is actually a spread team? What, like, what determines that? People say you just line up and gun. I'm like, no, because um, teams I line up and do pistol, double wing yes. stuff, that's not spread. They're just – Yes. They're, they're it not. used to be easy because going gun used to just imply that you would be in 10 personnel. That was just implied. Right. And it's not like that anymore. Being in the gun, that – you might still have two backs. You might still have a tight end. You might, right? So everything's changed, but we've kind of somehow that word spread became like the most powerful word in offensive football. But uh, I don't know what we are. All I know is we take our snaps out of the gun, but we run all the same concepts uh, that we used to. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you this. I put in double tight tight ends, H-backs. I'm doing all of that. As the run game guy, I'm going back and I'm doing motions. I'm doing wing motions. Maybe there might be some option this year, coach. I think we're, we're going back. That's what's fun about offense though, man. I mean, it's fun just to kind of draw up the scheme and watch it work, you know, so have fun with it. I hope you're having fun with it, but don't forget the Scott Hamilton philosophy. Same. 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 Well, Coach, I took a lot of your time. I know you got family. I can hear him sometimes. I'm like, he's got a family, Steve. You're taking all of his time. Um, <laughs> are you going to get the YouTube channel back up? I was talking to somebody about that. Like, I love the culture stuff you do on your old YouTube. Like, when you were at Milford. There's a video out there of the old Milford weight room, I think, somewhere out there. there if is. I remember correctly. There is, man. You got um, to do that with Hayworth. You got to show that. Yeah, I don't know. I got to the point where I really got sick of listening to myself. Um, so that is what has made me stop making like my own videos. I'm just kind of sick of myself. Um, and I've just, when I have time to produce, I just try to produce stuff that other coaches are doing. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what. Um, now I still have a rule for myself. Like if if you ever get, I feel like the biggest compliment is for one man to invite you to say something and he's going to sit and listen to you. I'm like, no greater compliment could be paid. So um, the only way I end up on camera now is when somebody invites me for something like this and I will never turn it down Um, because if you, you know, for people to actually sit down and listen to you, right. That's valuable, Mm -hmm. right? You picture, you get five guys together at a bar. You have to fight for your 10 seconds to speak, right? Right. You got to fight for that. Sometimes you got to talk really loud to get your 10 seconds to speed. Right. That's <laughs> so true. When these things come around and someone invites you and someone's going to sit and listen, man, always take that opportunity because it's a, it's an honor. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm sure I know who I am and that's mm-hmm. that I love talking. I love sharing. I love coaching. 
So the odds are, yeah, eventually you'll see me producing some stuff again. Um, but right now, I'm trying to do a really good job coaching an AD and, and just keep Chief Pigskin alive. Like, that's right. Just, just keep it alive. I don't even have to – I don't need it to be awesome right now. It's just got to stay alive. Well, you got the barbecue thing coming up. Those are always yeah. fun. Yeah. Reached out to Cody, and I said, Cody, yeah, we need some content for this summer, dude. Why don't you do some grilling videos? He's all about it. He is. He's supposed to come on here, and we just can never get it done. We can just never never get the timing down. Dude, yeah, get him on. He's – he. Cody Gardner can talk, man. I feel like I'm a talker. Dude, he puts me to shame. You won't get a word in edgewise, but he is full of wisdom. And uh, another Central Illinois guy, man. Central Illinois roots. And yeah. now I feel like he's past us all, man. He's a D coordinator at the mo- like the most successful high school in Utah. Yeah, he did. What he tweet like a month ago? First time turn on the AC since I moved to Utah, and I'm like, oh, that must be so nice. Like <laughs> they're never hot. It is a deep, it is a different life out there. And then I gave a shout out to smaller schools. Rochester came up to that Bears seven on seven, and when I saw them walking in, I looked at every team around us. I said they're winning this whole thing, and by God, they won the whole thing. <laughs> and they said that's where's that? They didn't even know where they were from. Schools up there, you had no idea where Rochester was. And I started laughing. Where was this thing? We were at Fenton High School in Bensonville. Okay. Um. It's like 10 minutes from Addison. It's probably like 15 minutes or so north of like Elmhurst. And he had 16 teams there, I think. So you had the three. It was Wednesday, Thursday. So six, seven on seven games. uh, Lyman challenges. They had three one day and then three the next day. You got bear stuff. I got the sideline gear that the bears actually wear during the season. All that's cool stuff. But I didn't know who was going to be there. I'm I'm the old line coach. I'm like, I'm just worried about the competition. Yeah. I saw them walking up and I, and I was like, I went to our head coach. I was like, is Rochester coming, supposed to be here? And he goes, yeah. Because he used to coach at Mattoon for like two years, so he kind of has understanding. Okay. He goes, oh, yeah, they're coming. And I started laughing, and I looked at our coaches. I said, they're winning the whole thing. And I went to another coach that I knew up there. I was like, they're winning the whole thing. And they said, what? How do you know that? And I was like, because I know what Derek and Steve do. I'm like, I understand it. What do you mean? I was like, that's probably the best offensive-minded coach in the state of Illinois walking through down right they're now. the best. They're the best. I keep waiting for the Illini to hire him as the OC. I'm like, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? He's won nine state titles in 12 years. Yeah. Uh, What are we waiting for? He's clearly gifted. Give the guy the OC job. I'm sick of watching the Illini hire someone else. And you know what? Their OC probably is great right now. He's. I'm sure he's great. Just give the job to Leonard because you know what? Someone else is going to hire him eventually. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to come back to Illinois and beat our ass. So yes. Can we just give him the job already? I think he's had college offers as like a quarterback coach or as a this or that. And he's he'd be excellent at anything. But the reality is he just understands at a really high level. It is what mm-hmm. it is. How to move the ball. Give him the OC job. I'm waiting for it to happen. Let's go, Illini. So, Bielema, when you watch this, just go get Lander. Just go get him. Let's get this over with. And uh, we can let the Illini sail to the top. Absolutely. He and Steve. Steve's a great defensive mind. I know him from. Yeah, and back I in the don't day. know Steve, but yeah, the, defensively they're doing incredible things. And they're, I'm going to tell you this right now: their old line is huge. And he came. I went up and talked to Steve first. He's friends with the head coach I worked for at Charleston, Coach Hogan. So they know each other. I went up to him. and He goes, "This is the biggest offensive line we've ever had." Jeez. Oh, so he's like. 
stuff's going to change in this offense. And I saw their quarterback. Their quarterback is a monster. <laughs> he looks like a defensive lineman. Like, I watched Jeez. them, and Jeez. I'm like, and like schools up here that have 2,300 kids, I said, that school of 800 kids right there, about to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, those old linemen are huge. They're going to compete with you city schools that showed up to this. I'm like, yeah. I just wanted to let you know, I want to give a shout out to like the small Central Illinoisans. Like, I knew when they walked in, <laughs> and nobody believed me. Nobody, they all looked like I was dumb. And then one school played them and lost by like two touchdowns or something. They came on, they go, pretty good. I was like, I was like, that's just, real. I was like, that's just a seven on seven. Wait till they're full padded. They're for real. They're for real. I went from through my two, three years, which I think every coach does. I think some coaches have held on it for longer than I did, where I was just je- jealous of Derek. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, it just, he's just winning because, and I'd name the three reasons why. And then after about three or four years, I was like, mm, nope. He's pretty special. Yeah. So I've been over that jealousy for a long time, and now I just watch and admire. It's incredible. Yeah. I I was jealous like the first, probably, like you said, two or three in a row. Yeah. Because when I got to Charleston, I kept hearing about how they beat Charleston in the Final Four. And so Charleston and I don't know if you want to call them that, hate Rochester. And I'm like, why? I've had conversations with Derek and stole things. I've had conversations with Steve on defense and stole it. I'm like, why? Like, the first after their first three, I think the first three after that I was like, no, there's a reason you can have talent, but to do it five mm-hmm. in a row, like that's yeah. special. And then when they moved them up, when they were still four A, IC up here got moved to four A that year. I went and scouted IC for them just in case. Like that's how the connection we had for me. It's like yeah, I was like I'll scout them for you guys. And then they lost to Macamara, Kankakee. Mm-hmm. Then they took that year off, one, two in a row, took a year off, and then we all know how it goes. <laughs> and they might be 5A again this year talking to them. They might move them back up. Yeah, oh, it doesn't matter. It don't matter. But anyway, best. Coach, you'll get there. You'll get Hayworth there. Hey, let's hope so. I got Your spread team now, it. you'll get them there. Well, hey, now that I've gone <laughs> gun, then for sure we'll do it. No, Coach, I appreciate it. I got a lot of nugget wisdom out of you. And that's, awesome. that's the whole point. Somebody will. Somebody will listen to it and get something out of it. And that's all that matters. Well, I'm glad I could help. I appreciate you having me on, Steve. And I appreciate it, guys. Still go check out Chief Pigskin. Go check all that out. It's it's still there, guys. He still got it. It's still there. Still, It's still running. A lot of good stuff. I use it. I use it literally weekly. Weekly. I'm like, oh, I needed. I remember that video. Look it up. Into the practice plan. <laughs> yeah. That's the big thing is practice planning, too. I have to watch videos on that, too. Like drills practice planning mm-hmm. i go back um but anybody listening go check all that out it's good stuff coach thank you again um and we'll see you guys on the next episode maybe i'll get coach all back next summer we'll see there you go we'll just make it a yearly thing there we go all right steve we'll see you man
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.